copyrighted program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 116. Be on the lookout for Eddie Griffith. Described as American, age 23, height 5 feet 10 and 1 half inches, weight 148 pounds, has chestnut hair, brown eyes. This man is wanted for robbery. Step on it, boy. Rose is with. Announce the Rosenquist, radio to a patrol car, step on it, boys. The car, which is cruising so slowly, leaps suddenly into action. Rio Grande cracks gasoline is sprayed into each cylinder. And because it is so finely cracked, it burns instantly, creating acceleration and power that sends the police car roaring to the rescue. Los Angeles police say no other gasoline gives such acceleration and power as Rio Grande cracks. That's why all Los Angeles City fire engines, radio cars, ambulances, motorcycles have used nothing but Rio Grande cracked gasoline for three successive years. The patented, exclusive cracking process gives Rio Grande decided advantages over all other gasoline. Police in other cities have also found that Rio Grande cracked faster, more powerful than others. So in Oakland, Berkeley, and in Maricopa County, Arizona, in all the West, Rio Grande Crack Gasoline powers more police and emergency cars than any other brand. And now we present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. I wish to thank the sponsors of this program for their foresight and civic-mindedness in preparing and presenting the program arranged for your entertainment tonight. It serves a dual purpose. It assists the Los Angeles Police Department in presenting to our many thousands of listeners a vivid picture of what the migratory criminal problem really means to police agencies. At the same time, it should serve to make American citizens anxious to preserve their peace and security more conscious of their duty toward the police in cooperating with them and supporting them in their unceasing efforts to protect the lives and property of our people. The killer, whose career of crime will be unfolded for you here this evening, was a typical migratory criminal who entered the state in the parlance of a hobo by riding the rod and hitchhiking. He carried with him a gun which he had used in Seattle to murder a policeman. Although he was but 23 years of age, he came into California without money, without any visible means of support, and obviously with no intention of working or giving to this state any service whatsoever in return for what it might give him. But on the contrary, as our police records show, he sought to forage in green pastures even if he had to rob and kill to do so. He was a typical, vicious criminal who called himself Young Villinger and committed burglary and robbery over the length and breadth of Oregon and California. 
Tonight's story is the true story of one migratory indigent whose criminal career under a proper fingerprint and border patrol program might have been nipped in the bud. Seattle, Washington. Late on April evening in 1934, a Seattle police sergeant enters his house.
he's he's taken it off. Just got in there, huh? Well, yes, just a little while ago. He's been on one of his chairs. Gone two days this time, and I'm getting sick and tired of it. Well, you're afraid to wake him up. We'll have to. Very well, but you better be careful. He's awful mean tempered. Don't worry, ma'am. I think we can handle him. All right, then. He's in that bedroom in there. Well, I can hear you. Come on, you. Wake up. You've got to take him harder than that. Okay. Come on. Wake up. Press those nerves behind his ears, Tom. That'll bring him up in a hurry. Okay. All right, now. Wake up, I said. Oh. What do you want? Get up and get your clothes on. No way. I'm... Get up. You're under arrest. Under arrest? Hey, that is guy's the one that's drunk without getting a wrist. Not when he holds up Weston. What? I suppose he didn't hold up that cop he sat on 7th Street last night. He sure did. Where were you last night? Down at Sales Joint. Sunshine. It doesn't look much like the description of that thing. I know, but we'll get a man enough to spill. Down at Sales Joint, huh? Sure, I can prove it. By some of them herders you were down there with, I suppose. Oh, shut your face, old woman. You're in a tough spot, Ben. Mr. Pay was used as a getaway car last night in a holdup. Oh, 
the two detectives, forced the suspect to scrutinize carefully the pictures of criminals in the huge robbery flat mug book. But Ben does not recognize any of them as his friend of the night before. Finally. Well, there's the last page. Is any picture here, Ben? No. Looks like he hasn't got a record. How about it, Ben? Have you ever been in trouble before? Well, I don't know. Think carefully now. It seems like he said something about a beef up in Frisco. Up in Frisco? Well, there's something else. Get down that San Francisco mud book, will you, Tom? Sure. There we are. Chief, do I have to look through this one, too? I'm getting hungry. We'll get something to eat after you find that inspector. Yeah, but, Chief... Come on, set these boys over. No. He ain't there. How about here? No. Well, there's plenty of pages. Lots of time. Put on this page. Yeah, that's him, I think. That one here? Jack Thomas, Elias Jack Newton, Elias Eddie Griffith. That's the guy, Eddie Griffith. The guy's never looked enough like him to be his kid brother. Probably him then. That picture was taken three years ago. San Francisco, number 440512. Well, would you look at this mug's record, Tom? Picked up in Seattle when he was only 11 years old for staying out late. Sent to person from San Francisco for a stick-up when he was 16. He's a tough guy, all right. He won't do when we get through with him. We don't stand for young bums running around with gas in this town. Consequences of his friendship with the young hoodlum with the long record, then leads the officers to an apartment on South Lorenzo Street, where he had stayed with Frank and Eddie. But when they arrive, the apartment is unoccupied. The detectives summon the landlord. Yes, gentlemen, what was it you wanted? I'm looking for the boys who have this apartment. You know anything about them? No, I don't. I never tried into my tenants to fail so long as they pay the rent. When were they here last? Well, they weren't here last night, I'm sure. They left yesterday afternoon with a couple of miles. I've seen them drive away in a tan Chrysler. They're probably stolen. They can't. Yes. That's what I found in this desk drawer. What? Scrap of paper. It says straight down Clinton to last month. Turn to left. Lachmont Theater. And here on the back is a map of the theater lobby showing the position of the box office. Does that mean anything to you? Sure. Lachmont Theater was robbed in daylight last week. And our friend Eddie Griffith probably did the job. You know anything about that one, Ben? No. no we'll take Eddie's mug to the manager of the theater. Say, do your tenants leave their cars back there in that yard? A lot of them do. Why? I just wondered. Got a hunch, Tom. Let's look over those cars that are out there. Okay. There's a real entrance right at the end of the hall. Come on. Let's go see if the license plate checks with the numbers on the registration slip. You got it, Tom? Yeah, not a bad idea. Well, it's gone. It certainly are. And I 
I've got a hunch when we pick up a term crashless coupe with license number 733986 on it. I'm going over to the last month here to check that job against Eddie's picture. Manager of the Larchmont Theater and the manager of the restaurant on 7th Street both identify Eddie Griffith's picture as that of the man who held them up. Searching now the case against the fugitives, the officers broadcast the bulletin, obtaining his picture and description to every police station in the United States. And across the state of California goes the clattering of the police teletype, picking out doom for Eddie Griffith. To all points, attention. Broadcast 14. Be on the lookout for Chrysler Coupe. License number 7G3986. Arrest occupant, hold and notify James E. Davis, Chief of Police, Los Angeles. Working busily on a dozen different angles of the case, the detectives uncovered information which results in another message. A day later, to Chief Brody Wallman, Oakland, California. Calling attention to our all points broadcast number 14. Information just obtained indicates that occupants of Christ the Coupe referred to may have gone to your city. We are looking for one Eddie Griffith, American, age 23, 5 foot 10 and a half inches, 148 pounds, chestnut hair, brown eyes, last seen wearing blue overcoat. He is accompanied by Stella Bonelli, Corey Rossi, and another man known to us only as Frank. We hold warrant for robbery and assault with a deadly weapon against Griffith. Appreciate intensive checkups to ascertain the two suspects are now in Oakland. James E. Davis, Chief of Police. Los Angeles. And ten days later, while Eddie Griffiths races south toward Los Angeles, the electric tree of the law flashes invisibly past him, heralding his coming long before he has reached the far-flung city limits. Regarding your all-point broadcast number 14 and teletype number 24, Eddie Griffiths, Frank Barber, Stella Bonelli, and Cora Rossi held up chain store here this afternoon. Barber was shot by the rope proprietor, but the other three escaped the chance right to pay toward Los Angeles. They're holding Barber for attempted robbery and ADW. B.A. Wallman, Chief of Police, Oakland, California. Boy, that's great. We better stake out sales joint. Eddie will probably lay low. One of these dames will show to show. He'll be sending her out to get the load out. Right. For all of one sleepless night and half of the next day, Detectives Connor and Divine stake out sales joint. And then toward evening. Uh, I tell the fellow down the street. Sure, sir. Sure. Couldn't miss. Ben said he was up to half line. Tough looking in this, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Beg your pardon, sister. On your way, mother. I'll call a cop. That won't be necessary. We'll just step into the squad car, Miss Benelli. We'll take you for a little ride. Oh, what's a big idea? I just want to question you a little, that's all. Say, look your friend. I wouldn't want to have to get rough with such a little girl. I'll get into that car. Half Frank Delapanelli finally weakens under the officer's death psychology. Gives them the address where Eddie is staying, and at 1 a.m. the following morning, after a six hour freak out, Cora walks into the trap set by the law. But Eddie is not with her, and she will not divulge his whereabouts. Cruising the neighborhood with the recalcitrant girl, they come upon the Chrysler Coupe with the stolen plate, abandoned. Next day, the report to the superior officer, Captain. But we did get some good prints of Eddie from the car. Fine. Now, what about the girl? They admitted their part in the Oakland robbery, but they didn't deny knowing anything about the Larchmont Theater or the Seventh Street job. Uh, a couple of hard mouths, Captain. I suggest you let them loose and then put a tail on them. 
Sooner or later, they'll lead us to Eddie. I wish I could be so sure. Well, what do you mean? Just this. I think they're too smart to fall for it. Well, let's try it anyway. Okay, excuse me. Anyway, I've got another lead on Eddie. Well, what's that? I've just received the tip that he's strike-breaking in San Pedro with Roy Saper, Frank Barnamore, and Lyra Capasa. You know, they're the guys that we want for that bank job last week. I've sent Chambers and Johnson down there to pick them up. We'll wait for the report. Hello, Bill. How do you like these harbors you need? I don't. This 12 hour shift is killing me. You guys in the detective bureau got to stop. Yeah, we don't work 12 hours. We work all hours. And you're a on a desk in City Hall. Go on, Bill. You know how easy you guys in uniform have it. I'll say it. How are you doing down here? Looking for a couple of strike breakers that are pretty good at breaking back. Oh, who are they? I know most of the boys. Well, look at these pistols. And they're probably using phony names. Oh, I know these guys. They're working just down the dock here. All right, come along with us. I think they're unloading this copra ship. Yeah, there they are now. Let me down the game plane. Come on. Uh oh, they've seen us. All right, boys. Stand right where you are. Hey, come back here, you two. They're running up the game plane. Back it up, Nelson Johnson. Come on. Never these cuttles keep you quiet. What's up in there, Bill? What's your guys want? All right, shut up. Hey, Nelson, Bill. Johnson and I are going to search the ship for the other two. Eddie Griffith once more had eluded the law. He and Bonomore successfully escaped from the ship's bills, and although within a few days the robbery squad picked up Bonomore and Capasso and the other members of the bank robbing trio, and subsequently sent them to San Quentin, Eddie remained at large. A month passed. The constant shadow kept on the two girlfriends of Eddie is relentless but fruitless. Wise to the ways of the underworld, they realize they are being followed. Remain away from Eddie Griffith. Finally, Connor and Divine bring them in once more for such. What's that big idea? You guys had us in here once and we proved to you we were clean. Yeah. And ever since we've had the privacy of a goldfish. I wouldn't be surprised if you birds watched at the windows when we went to bed. You can come with badges, that's what you are. Not by several mouthfuls, I ain't. Well, then shut up and I'll tell you what the big idea is. They want Eddie Griffith. Well, go get him. You're going to help us. Oh, no, we ain't. Now, we have good reason to believe that you know where he is. How come? You know what kind of toothpaste we use. You're certainly out and off. We've been hearing from him. We're reasonably certain that you have, then. Well, we ain't talking, please. Oh, that's a relief. Now, listen to me. You girls are in a bad spot. There's a rap waiting for you in Oakland. Maybe before we're through, we'll hang a couple on you down here. You acted like ladies, it might go easier. You know, I hate to see a couple of kids like you going the wrong way. Why, here you are, just at the age when you ought to be having a good time, wearing pretty clothes, thinking of marrying up with some nice guy and raising a family and look at you. Dressed in dirty slacks, traveling around the country with a couple of stick-up artists. Why, if they was big shots, it wouldn't be so bad. There, a couple of tin horns. You got a mother, Cora? No, she's dead. Oh, that's too bad. I wonder what she's thinking up there. She knows what a jam you're in. Well, I don't know. And how about you, Stella? Does your mother know what you're up to? No. Well, how would you like to have her know about it? No. No. How would you like to have her write your letters and carry the woman's prison at the hatchet? No, I don't want her to know. She thinks I got a good job down here in L.A. Well, girl, what about it? Well, listen, you want to do the right thing. I'm sure you do. Look, if we tell you where Eddie is, will you let us go? Well... I'll do everything we can for you. Come 
completely swayed by the shrewd psychology of the two officers, the girls lead them to Eddie's hideaway on Boulder Street. But again, the officers arrive too late. Eddie has escaped. And that night, another holdup occurs in which Eddie is described by the victim. And then, two days later, Captain Fiddle receives a letter from the Seattle Police Department. He sends for Connor and Devine. Boys, I've got a letter here that'll interest you. In the Seattle Department. They say, the Eric Griffiths referred to in your bulletin is known to us as an incorrigible juvenile. We last heard of him when he was sent to Preston from San Francisco. However, investigation of recent holdups and the murder of Police Sergeant Donovan in April points to this subject as a suspect. Several victims have identified Griffith's picture as man who held them up. And the single witness who saw a man leaving Sergeant Donovan's house after he was murdered feels reasonably sure that Griffith is the man. Please inform us if you have placed him in custody that we may begin extradition proceedings and bring him back here for questions. Well, boys, what do you think of that? Well, looks like this case is bigger than we thought, so the bums wanted for murdering an officer, eh? No, we'll never stop until we get him. I was getting a little tired of all this trouble for a speak-up artist, but this changes everything. Oh, pardon me this moment, please. Captain Speaker, excuse me. Yes. Yes. Okay, thanks. Well, boys, maybe this is your last day on the case. Well, what do you mean? Things are happening fast. I was a tip that Griffiths was leaving town. He used to meet a pal of his at the corner of 7th and Alvarado at 1 o'clock. And that's just an hour and 15 minutes from now. Call the boys in. Now, boys, we're going to pick up Eddie Griffiths at the corner of 7th and Alvarado at 1 o'clock. Oh, they're holdups. Well, he isn't only a holdup guy. We just learned that he's wanted for the killing of a police officer in Seattle last spring. Now, listen. I want you all to get a good look at his mug. See? So that you recognize it. Here's the plan. Captain Berger, you and your partner will be parked in the car on 7th Street heading west, as close to the corner as you can get. Carter, you and Devine park on Alvarado heading north. Chambers on 7th heading east. Johnson... Put on a pair of overalls and hang around the northwest corner by the park. Now, you two men hide in one of the stores on the northeast corner of Alvarado. Use your own car so that you won't cause any suspicion. As soon as you see him, close in on from all sides. I don't want any slip-ups on this. Bring him in dead or alive, but bring him in. <laughs> Let's go, Connor. Hey, 
things. It certainly takes a lot of indecisions to arrest one young kid. returned to Seattle, where he was tried and convicted, and is now confined in prison for life. In checking the records of vagrants, street and resident beggars, and panhandlers, we find that 60% have criminal records. The sheriffs of various California counties and the peace officers of other states have cooperated with us in our programs to expose and stem the movements of floating criminals. Because of Eddie Griffin and thousands of his ilk, the Los Angeles Police Department has deemed it necessary to set up hobo blockades in the belief that the solution of this problem will be found in attacking this source. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, although police of many western cities have specified Rio Grande Crack Japanese because of its greater speed and power, they have also discovered on checking their operating costs but cracked is also the most economical gasoline. Rio Grande's patented cracking process creates a faster, more powerful gasoline that burns efficiently without waste so that every drop turns into power. That's the kind of performance you want in your car. Police car performance. And you can get it at no extra cost. Just drive into the independent Rio Grande dealer in your neighborhood. He'll give you genuine cracked gasoline with tetraethyl at no higher price than uncracked, unbalanced gasoline. And if you've got youngsters in your family, ask about the free gift, the complete junior detective outfit that we are now giving away to every user of Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Attention all cars, cancellation of got 116 regarding Eddie Griffith and the robbery. This case is now closed, and that's all. Rose and Cliff. This is Elizabeth Edward Lindsley bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Air Company.